Hebrews chapter number four, if you didn't know where we were going in the scriptures, Hebrews chapter number four, and uh, I know it's a dangerous thing to do, but I'm going to go completely off memory this afternoon, and uh, I had all my notes written down, and don't you love technology? They're not there anymore, and so... Is that technology or is that just me forgetting to click save? <laughs> I'm going to blame it on technology. And so, but I'll say this. I, I always want a message so burned into my heart that the Holy Spirit of God can go ahead and just say, it's right there and you've got it. We're ready to roll. And uh, so I'm not changing my message. God's not changing his and so Hebrews chapter 4, we'll start reading, let's, let's get down there around verse number 9, okay? There remaineth therefore rest to the people of God, for he that is entered into his rest, he also hath ceased from his works, from his own works, as God did from his. Let us labor therefore to enter into that rest, lest any man fall after the same example of unbelief. For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Neither is there any creature that is not manifest in his sight, but all things are naked and opened unto the eyes of him with whom we have to do. Seeing then that we have a great high priest that is passed into the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession. For we have not an high priest which cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. I want to look at this afternoon as we looked into these same verses uh, just a little while ago this morning, and we looked at realizing the time of need that we may be in, whether it be a time of need that we believe we cannot continue on, or a time of need that we are dealing with an infirmity that is in our lives, or a time of need that we are dealing with the temptation with sin, we see that we can come boldly to the throne of grace. And we closed out the morning service reminding ourselves, <coughs> reminding ourselves that this throne is not just a throne for us to be able to attend to, but it is none other than the throne of grace that we have access to be able to go to. We see here in verse number 16 that the Bible says that we can come boldly before the throne of grace. May I remind us that that is not in a spirit of arrogance and pride that we approach the throne of grace. It's not that, boy, God, you ought to be glad that I'm here now and I've come to be able to speak to you. It's not with that type of boldness, but it is with the boldness that carries the confidence that we have access 
And may I put it this way? We have a right to go before the throne of God. And God has given us that right through the shed blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. So as we come back into this passage of Scripture this afternoon, I not only wanted to look at the realizing of what time of need that we are in, but take it forward and step into the resources that we have during this time of need. I found out many times as we go through life that we just need to see what resources are available to us. I'll use a couple of examples, not that uh, they worked out too well for me, but when we first started on deputation and uh, we said, okay, how in the world are we going to be able to call all these churches? And I could probably ask Brother Josh and Miss Katie to be able to come up and give testimony about that, that uh, they were telling us that, that we got to call like a hundred different churches to be able to book like 10 different meetings to be able to get into the churches and then have 10 different meetings to be able to get one church to be able to support us. And then when I sat back and I started doing all the math, As you understand how many phone calls we got to make and how much time is spent just trying to contact churches to be able to raise the support to be able to get to the field. So they provided resources for us. They said, you know, you can go to to this website and it has a a list of of all our kind of churches all the way down through there. And uh, then you can go to this resource and has all these churches that are listed down through there. And I very quickly started realizing that the same resource that I have to be able to start calling down through all these churches is the exact same resource that every other missionary has. And they're calling down through every one of these churches and trying to do that. Then I had a man walk in as I began teaching those classes. And a man came in the next day and he said, Brother Peter, he said, my wife and I, we were up half the night. And we were talking about making phone calls to churches and the resources that's available. And he came back in and he said, Brother Peter, we were up half the night. And he said, we, we've thought of every church possible that we are going to be able to call and we're going to be able to present the ministry to and we're going to be able to share our burden. I said, really? And he said, yes. And he had a piece of paper. He said, we've got 13 of them written down. I said, man. Isn't that wonderful? I wasn't going to discourage the man right there, man. They were all excited and uh, about what they had gleaned for resources. And I thought, you know, there's certain times in our lives. And just like some of the times that we looked at this morning, when the Bible says to find grace to help in time of need, what are the resources that we have that we can draw from that may just be the resources that we find our help. And so I noticed a few things here. First of all, it begins in verse number nine. We have the resource that there is a greater day that's coming. There is a rest that we are going to be able to enter into. I don't know if, if, if you're like me, that sometimes you just sit back and we, we have to take things a day at a time. But sometimes we sit back and we look at how much is in front of us. And we say, how in the world are we ever going to be able to accomplish all of that? 
So I look at it this way. I look at families in our churches and in our church. I look at individuals. I look at marriages. I look at our young people and I look at different situations beyond just being able to bring new people in beyond looking at trying to see what God's going to do to be able to expand and be able to put a building next door, beyond all of that. And sometimes I say, God, how in the world am I going to be able to get this young man from the point where he's at now to the point where you desire for him to be in his life? Not where I desire for him to be, but sometimes I look at it and say, boy, there might be a hopeless case here. But then I realize, you know, there is a better day coming. There is a rest that when you're getting overwhelmed by all the work and you're saying, hey, I can't take one more thing and God, I can't go any further. The same way we started looking at this morning and saying, listen, I've come to the point. I can't continue. I'm ready to throw in the towel. Listen, there is an eternal rest that we will be entering into as the children of God. Listen, there is a day that's coming that God is going to wipe away all tears. So you say those infirmities that we're going through today, listen, there is coming a time when there is not going to be any more skin cancer. I made mention of it this morning, Miss Linda, of infirmities. There is coming a day that there's not going to be any more cancer. There is coming a day that there's not going to be any more high sugar, high blood pressure, things like that. There's coming a day all those things are going to be gone. And we are going to enter into an eternal rest with our Savior. Do you under, listen, and I know God has given each and every one of us a job and a vocation to be able to work and to be able to labor, to be able to provide for our families. And there may be times you face that and you say, I can't take another day at this job. Listen, there's coming a day you're not going to be punching a time clock anymore. There's coming a day you're not going to be sweeping a floor. There's coming a day you're not going to be fixing a leaky faucet or putting in some plumbing. There's coming a day you're not going to have to worry about the distribution chains, okay, taking place, Brother Charlie. There's coming days we're going to be entering into an eternal rest with our Savior and every turmoil and every trial and every infirmity. Listen, and there's coming a day there's not going to be a temptation of sin. I thought there'd be a few more amens on that one right there, okay? Or at least, a, well, I guess you're just enjoying it way too much. I guess we need to back it up a little bit. There's coming today. Listen, all that's going to be gone. We're not going to be dealing. Thank you, Dana. There's not going to be a dealing with this flesh any longer, that the flesh is going to be craving the things of this world. There's coming a day. Listen, we're entering to rest. I, I brought this up. It was several months ago. I was getting ready to take off somewhere, and uh, it might have been with with Brother Nate. It might have been that we were heading down to, to South Carolina, and uh, we had to get up pretty early that morning to be able to catch that flight and be able to get down there and be able to show up in Columbia. And I think I was talking to him four or five days in advance, and I said, we are going to be down there in time to be able to take a nap on Monday afternoon before the services start on Monday night. And I said, is it really bad that you're excited that you're scheduling a nap for four or five days from 
now and you know that you're going to have an hour of downtime five days from now that you're going to be able to take advantage of. Now, listen, that thrills my soul. When I got weeks coming up ahead of me, I'm thinking, hey, two weeks from now, here's an hour free that I'm going to be able to have. And you know what? I'm scheduling a nap. I'm putting it right there. (laughs) And if anybody asks, I don't have to tell. I I just got a full schedule that afternoon. I'm scheduled. I'm scheduled. A missionary helped me with that one time. He said, "I, I even scheduled my family vacations. He said, if a pastor calls me, all I have to say, I'm scheduled that week. And he said, I am scheduled that week. But listen, we start looking forward to that on a human side of things. But how much more spiritually should we be looking forward to entering into that rest that God has promised to us? And we're laboring down here on this earth. And it's another mile to be able to go. It's another day to be able to get home to Pennsylvania. Another day to get down to spend with the mother-in-law down in Arkansas. And we have an eternal rest that is coming, that we're looking forward to. Listen, it's always another day of work this side of heaven. It always is. And you say, Pastor, when I get to that point, what what is my resource? What can I draw from? Hey, we do have heaven that's waiting for us. And heaven is coming, whether it seems like it's been taken forever. I said it this past week. I think I rehearsed it last last night that I made mention. I said, someone looked at me and said, well, I'm above ground. And I said, well, it's better than the alternative, isn't it? And then I caught myself. And I thought, the alternative is heaven. And I said, it's, it's not better than the alternative. I'm just not going to expedite it, okay? But I said, the alternative is we're with Jesus. And we have that waiting for us. And so when you're facing these things and say, hey, I have this time of need that I'm going through, whatever that need is, well, draw from that. And it might be the only encouragement that does anything for you is we have heaven and eternal rest where there'll be no more night. You say, well, that's wonderful that I have heaven to look forward to, but what about here on this earth? Well, I'm glad you asked. Look what he says in verse number 12. Not only do we have a rest that we're going to enter into, but can I just go ahead and remind us right now that when we're going through the time, going through things in the time of need, we have the word of God. We have the word of God. Verse number 12, for the word of God is quick and powerful. We have a Bible that is alive. It's not dead. You say, what do you mean? No, listen, you keep going back to it. And boy, it just keeps encouraging. It just keeps strengthening. I read a tweet this week that a, that a, uh, a pastor put out. He said, you ever read one of those passages of scripture and you've read it a hundred times? You go back and read it a hundred and one times and it just comes alive to you. He said, and just rejoicing over the truth of the word of God. You say, pastor, I'm just going through some things and it's that time of need in my life. What can I draw from? I'll tell you what you can draw from. The word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. Listen, you read down through here, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. I'll say this, this word of God in the hands of the Holy Spirit of God is so pinpointed that it can help us exactly where God desires to help us. It doesn't matter. 
It can get down to the deepest, darkest points of our hearts that nobody else knows about and says, hey, I need something. I'm in the time of need. Here comes the Holy Spirit along. You're reading the word of God and you're like, hmm, I didn't know that was over in the book of Job for me. Or you're just trudging through the Kings and Chronicles and you're trying to make it through and you're saying, God, I'm in a time of need right now. And all of a sudden he opens up the Chronicles to you. And it's like, where did that come from? Here's God just saying, grace to help in the time of need. We've got the word of God. Do you understand? We can go, we can go back into like Romans chapter 15, down around verse number four, says for what things were written aforetime, were written for our ensamples. That we through patience and comfort of the scriptures might have hope. Where do we get it? Get it from the word of God. How long has it been since you read it? Well, the Bible doesn't comfort me at all. Have you read it? It's just a simple question. Simple question. But when people come in and say they're struggling spiritually and, boy, their walk with God is struggling, I'm saying, when's the last time you read your Bible? When's the last time you spent some time in prayer? I'm saying, Lord, if we need help and grace to help in the time of need... What would you think? And it's been said over and over. Listen, what would you think if your house was flooding? Someone came along to be able to get you out of there and you just refused it and said, no, I'm dependent upon God. He's going to take care of me. My dad used to tell that account all the time. I mean, three times he was sitting on the front steps and someone came by, said, you better get out of here. It's, it's flooding. No, no, God's going to take care of me. Got up to the second story, and he's looking out the window. Someone comes along with a boat, says, you better jump in the boat. It's flooding. You're going to get hurt. You're going to die. No, no, God's going to take care of me. He's sitting up on the roof, and it's flooding. Someone comes with a helicopter trying to get him out. No, it's okay. God's going to take care of me, and he dies. Ends up in heaven and asks the Lord, why didn't you take care of me? And he says, I tried three times. <laughs> and I thought over and over, listen, how many times? We go to the Lord and we're going before the throne of grace and saying, God, I need some help in this. And God's saying, I'm trying to give you help, but it's closed sitting on your coffee table. Trying to give some help. Open it up and start reading. And see what God would do. We have the word of God that's been given to us. We can find help. You say, oh, no, I want to get before the throne of God. Yes, Listen, we can spend time on that. Prayer is important. At some point, you got to open up the word of God he's given to us. And this is, this is the help he's given to us, the spirit of God dwelling inside of us, the word of God, them two things never contradict whatsoever. Never contradict each other. You say, well, I've tried the word of God. It just doesn't help me. I wonder what you're reading. Well, I've tried thinking towards, I've got a rest that's waiting for me. We'll rest when we get to heaven. Yes, we will. I'm looking forward to that. But then he started in verse number 14 and verse number 15. And he just reminded us that we have a priest that's been where we've been. For we have not an high priest... That cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are yet without sin. He reminded us in 14 that this great high priest is passed 
into the heavens. And you say, well, I'm in, a, I'm in a position that only heaven can help. Well, that's a good thing because that's where Jesus is. And I want to remind us we have a rest that is waiting for us. And yes, we have a, a Bible that's alive and being able to help us. But can I once again tell us that in your time of need, we do have a Savior that's available to us. Now, you see, he goes a little bit further about this subject matter of priest because there's a whole lot of people that are dependent upon a priest today. And he goes a whole lot further saying we have a great high priest. But then he starts in verse number five. I mean, excuse me, chapter number five and verse number one, after he reminds us that we have a high priest, he said in chapter five, verse one, for every high priest taken from among men is ordained for men in things pertaining to God that he may both offer gifts and sacrifices for sins. Who can have compassion on the ignorant and on them that are out of the way for that he himself also is compassed with infirmity? Why are you going to a human priest when they themselves are compassed with infirmities. And by reason hereof, he ought, verse 3, as for the people, so also for himself, to offer for sins. You mean he's got sins? Sure does. Here he is offering for everybody else when he himself has sins. And no man taketh this honor unto himself, but he that is called of God, as was Aaron, introduced Christ, verse 5. So also Christ glorified not himself to be made in high priest, but he that said unto him, Thou art my son, today have I begotten thee. And as he saith also in another place, Thou art a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. And I thought, you, hey, we may say, I'm in that time of need. Well, what better than being in that time of need to be able to say, we have a high priest that's passed into the heavens and gives the comparison starting in chapter five of the high priests that are just down here on the earth that's saying, hey, they can't do nothing for you. They themselves are compassed with sins. And I thought, Lord, if we'd realize the greatest resources we have available to us. You say, oh no, I, I thought the resources you were going to tell me is a, is a bank account with a million dollars. Hey, can I say this? There's going to come a time that, that million dollars isn't going to be enough for you. I'd sure love to have fun trying, <laughs> but it's not going to be enough. Now for years now, and I'll say this, here in about another month, Miss Crystal and I are starting our 25th year of ministry. Going full-time November the 14th of 1998. Starting our 25th. Next year is our 25th year of ministry. And I don't know how many times we said it while we were on the road. That, listen, there's going to come a time. It didn't matter if there was millions of dollars in the bank. Not going to be able to buy your way out of that problem. But you know something, without a high priest and without our prayers and without being able to spend time with the Lord, there's been times that this Bible and our conversation with the Lord Jesus Christ did more 
than any amount of money that could be sitting in a bank account. You say, what's your resources to be able to get through it? I'll say this, there is a better day coming. We're entering into an eternal rest. Now, till then, I'm going to work. I'm going to work till Jesus comes. You say, what are you going to lean on? I've got the Bible. And you know something, when it comes down to it, that's what I've got. Every one of those nights, every one of those days that it was saying, hey, I don't know if I want to be a missionary anymore. Well, I had Bible for it. And God didn't change. We still got up and did the work. Boy, well, now we had a joy. I, I, don't, I don't consider one day so far in all this time where I've woken up and said, I think I'm just going to quit. I don't think I have. But I do have Bible. And I've got a Jesus that's passed into the heavens and he's seated on the right hand of the throne of God. You say, Pastor, I'm just in that time of need. Well, have you drawn from the well of the word? Have you gotten into the book and just said, God, I'm not getting out of it till you give me something. And God, I need it. Listen, not just to be able to pursue something, not just to be able to say, I learned it. I don't study this Bible just to be able to get up on a Sunday and be able to try to deliver a sermon. That's, that's not why I'm in this book. I'm in this book because this is the well that I have to go to to sustain me each and every day. Say, God, I need your book. I need what you've given. And then be able to spend time in prayer to be able to go before that throne of grace to be able to obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. I'm saying this, if you're in that time of need and you can identify your times of need, your time of need right now might be a little bit different than my time of need on what I'm going through. But I will say this, we can all come back to the book and start drawing something out of there saying, God, I need something from the Bible. God, I need to spend some time with you. I've got a Jesus that's up there. Boy, he's the greatest friend you'll ever know. You say, oh, he hasn't been through it. Try him. Try him. I've talked to missionaries, moved to the foreign field. Oh, pastor, you just don't know what it's like. Jesus never did. Oh, Jesus left his homeland. Well, you don't know what my parents did to me. Jesus was rejected by his father. My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? When the sin of the world was placed upon him, forsaken by God Almighty, but boy, aren't you thankful there was reconciliation there? Well, you, you've never, Jesus was never embarrassed like I was in public or dealt with some abuse or something that I've gone through. Hey, let's be reminded, all those pictures you see of Jesus hanging on the cross, that doesn't depict the real story. They hung him naked before the whole world to be able to see, mocked him and ridiculed him. He's been tempted in all manners like as we. He's gone through it. You say, this is just the time of life that I'm in. Yes, and there's a Jesus for that. We just got to go to him. Our resources, let me ask you this. Uh, and I know, listen, and please do not take this wrong. I'm so thankful for our church family. But there's sometimes the well of the church family isn't going to do it. There's sometimes the well of friendship isn't going to do it. Because they can't come alongside and be able to say, hey, I know what you've been through. 
They can't come alongside. They can come and say, I'm praying for you. Hey, here, here's some scripture God put upon my heart. Hey, but there's sometimes that may not take care of it. But there has never been a time that I've not gotten on my face before my Savior and said, God, here it is. Here, here, lay it out. God, this is the situation. God, this is the time that I'm in that I don't have a Savior up in heaven saying, yeah, I'm here for you. And be able to just walk alongside. You say these friends are forsaken, that's okay. He's come alongside and said, he'll be a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. And I'm so thankful in times like these, we have a Bible. In times like these, we have a Savior. In times like these, we have an anchor. In times like these, we have a Jesus. We have a Bible. And we can find help. Isn't that wonderful? I'm so thankful for it. So thankful.